Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, May 22nd, 2022. Today on the Ether, a Cosmos space hosted by Cosmos Haas, chatting about osmosis, IBC, and permissionless weekly review from Florida. Let's take a listen. So, how's everyone going? How's everyone doing? You doing good, bud? Wait for everyone to fill in here. What's up, Jason? Mad Cat? Everyone else, thanks for stopping by. I think Carson should be joining us shortly. Nice. Yeah, I'm still down in Florida. I just uh, was at the permissionless event that was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I figured I'd stay for the weekend and kind of relax and enjoy Florida weather. Because when you're working the event, you don't really have time to do anything. It's it's literally like a full-time job. So figure figured if I'm coming down there, I might as well get a couple of days to relax. Let's see where the guys from the space team's at. One second. I'm a little bit disorganized because I'm used to like my setup at home. Shout out to Mad Cat. He uh, did all the marketing and videos and all kind of things for the Osmosis team down at uh, the event. So some good content there. It's a really good time. So Nick, I mean, you want to just talk? I mean, you can or while we're waiting. So what do you got going on? Uh, well, we're hopefully going to give some updates on Jackal real soon here. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, have, I haven't been uh, checking up on any of the updates. I mean, I know you guys are doing your thing. We're all doing our thing, so I'm excited. I, I- well, there hasn't uh, been too many updates, but we definitely want to get the community uh, knowing where we're at. So. Nice. Yeah, I, I basically, like, my thing in the, down at this event was I was there for osmosis, but essentially... I don't know. I, I spoke about nearly almost every chain on uh, IBC. And I, I, I found out that saying Cosmos ecosystem was not a good way of um, introducing that technology to people because they, they automatically, they're just so, they're so, uh, I don't want to say enamored, but they're so trained to think like everything doesn't interoperate with one another, like as opposed to like IBC. So like I would need to be like, okay, well, you know, this is how the technology works. I was just calling like IBC the whole time because then they'd be like, oh, what, what's IBC? And then I would teach them about what IBC is and then how that works and then like what osmosis was. Like I taught, I, I honestly, I spoke a lot about secret too. I mean, I love secret. I can't tell you how many times I talked to, to talk to people about secret. I'm like, it started off as Enigma because everyone there for the most part was like Ethereum people or like people that are like building in, in Solidity or Ethereum and so I had to like get on that rabbit hole, which was like a good way of um, telling people about Secret Network. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's starting to fill up a little bit. I'm not sure what's going on with the rest of the guys from Interrogas uh, spaces right now. What else are we looking to get on here? Uh, that's, a, that's pretty good. Let me just see if they want to co-host. 
Yeah, I was going to let you guys do your thing. And then I was just kind of going to touch up on um, like the event as a whole. And I think what you guys got going on can literally benefit. I mean, I spoke to so many different teams and developers and like a lot of people had their own booths there. But there were also people that just paid for the event that were kind of walking around. I mean, I don't even know how many people I spoke to, but so many different people and so many things that they had going on. You know, like your your data storage solution would help almost nearly every single team that was there, so to speak. But yeah, you guys can you can do your thing. So we so everyone here we have Nick from Jackal Dow and Aaron. So if you guys want to go ahead and do your thing, just tell just essentially just I would just start with just uh, you know a little introduction of who you guys are, what you have going on, and what you guys like any sort of roadmap updates. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't mind starting. Um, hi, everyone. Um, I'm I work with Jackal. Uh, my name's Emery. Um, as far as some updates going on here, I think one of the biggest things we're going to be uh, uh, talking about, and hopefully everyone will see, is that we'll be at Decentral at the beginning of December. At the beginning of June, um, we're hoping to uh, see a lot of people from the IBC there. Uh, we'll be uh, showcasing what we have, and uh, we're also going to be giving some updates on token launch uh, real soon here. So. Um, we're pretty much on schedule for what we've been for, from from what we've been doing so far. Uh, I think one of the biggest things uh, that's going to be coming out uh, relatively soon is as our node structure. We're going to be showing people how uh, how the node structure is going to be working, and it's probably going to be our first uh, big rollout. Uh, and then token launch probably around the same time. And then uh, we're definitely working on getting our chain up. So I'd say those are three big things that are that are going on right now with Jackal. And if you could, just because um, I'm sure there's um, maybe first-time listeners in here, if you can just explain what Jackal is, what your guys' concept is, and how you can essentially help out everyone. Yeah, I can give a really a uh, good overview uh if we want some technical details though i definitely want to get uh aaron or marston on here to explain that in better detail than i could i believe marston's here uh but i think aaron's also speaking so sure whatever whatever you guys want to do i mean i just know there's a lot of people that probably because i know i have had you guys on the show before maybe once or twice and i do see a lot of new faces so i'm not sure if everyone in here even knows what jackal is like what kind of solutions you're trying to offer real world utility and whatnot so if aaron if you, if you can hear us if you want to chime in i mean just give a, like an overview a little bit of a technical background and then i can ask questions from from there to kind of fill in the gap so to speak yeah sure well it's uh great to be here so definitely thanks for having us um so jackal dow is kind of the, the parent organization for lack of a better word of of the jackal ecosystem that we're building um the primary project obviously is storage um, as you were mentioning earlier but uh, our goal is to create a cloud storage secured by the blockchain so that when you use uh, our our interface or you know because it's open source someone could fork it and you can use a copy of the interface um that's part of that decentralization we're going for but you use uh, an interface to access your storage. For the end user, it's going to be kind of similar to Dropbox, but 
the big thing that we do that Dropbox doesn't do and that nobody else that we found so far does is make you fully custodial of your data. So what we mean by that is when uh, someone connects to our system, they have a Kepler wallet installed and they use that Kepler wallet to, to store keys that are generated for their files so that all of their files are encrypted on their local device before it ever touches the internet. Uh, it's fully encrypted using AES um, encryption standards, which is you know what the CIA and military stuff uses. Um, and that is then sent already encrypted to our distributed node system that allows for you to have your files stored in the cloud uh, there's a hot storage layer, layer, which for those who don't know what hot storage is, uh, means that it's a very, very fast response to get those files back when you want to download them or review them or whatever it is. Um, but that hot storage layer, layer um, obviously there's a finite size of it and a finite amount of, uh, of utility that you can get from it once you reach a certain point. Um, and that point is determined by the size of the Jackal node network. So as the nodes grow, then our, our capacity grows. But assuming that our capacity is, is at max or that there are files that haven't been touched in months or years, well, those are already stored as part of the process in the Filecoin network as well, which is why we call ourselves a, a, cross, a cross-chain uh, platform, for lack of a better word. Um, and that filecoin storage is just what we call a cold storage layer where it's there and it, it, you know it's, it's kind of like a freezer you, you don't get into it all the time if you do get something out of it it's not immediately ready that kind of thing so um that is a, a it's not really a backup system because we're not expecting the hot storage layer to fail it's more of you know you want to put your lawnmower in the garage for winter because you don't need the lawnmower during during the winter, um, so it's it's more of that kind of relationship. It's there for when you need it, but it's not immediately available. So we build the storage layer. It goes all of your files go into the storage layer. They are completely anonymized, so that if I were to somehow hack my way into the system and look at this, these nodes, it's just going to be a bunch of files. Like there's no names, there's no file types, there's no ownership information. I can't tell a picture from an audio file to your last will and testament. I have no idea what any of it is. Um, and the system in your Kepler wallet through a secret network smart contract allows you to retrieve your file, decrypt it using your keys and have your file back whenever you want it. So that's, that's kind of the whole arcing story of how we allow you full control over your data and nobody else can. You know, we're not Google. We're not going to be able to read what's in your file. You know, we're not, uh, you know, a, a bad actor who is going to harvest your data to sell on the internet. There is nothing available other than what you choose to reveal by sharing your 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 keys. Yeah, that's amazing. So, there the the event was like three days. So the first day was a bunch of different people. Uh, a lot of community members and just, uh, you know, just people that love crypto. It was a various range, but day three was like a half a day. And for the most part, all the people that were there were real life businesses. A lot of, I've met a lot of lawyers, uh, tax accountants, just different various businesses that are trying to get their toes wet, so to speak, in, in crypto. There's actually an individual here 
I don't want to dox the individual, but um, it was it was a, a lawyer that had their their own firm, and I would think something like this would benefit them. So, having said that, what's the average price for something similar in this type of industry? But obviously, they don't offer all this encryption and tools to their for uh, you know storage, so to speak. So, like, what's the average price point? that someone would have to do to for data storage and then what you guys are trying to come in at. And obviously your, your technology is going to be obviously way better and, and um, more secure, so to speak. Sure. I'm, I'm not sure of what the final price is that we're selling it for. That's not my, my ball, my, my cup of tea. Um, but as far as like competitors, we have a number of competitors indirectly because as you said, there's really nothing like this currently. Um, the closest Web 2 analogy is probably going to be Dropbox or AWS, depending on if you're a business or, or a consumer. Um, Dropbox runs about, I think, like six or eight bucks a terabyte a year. Um, and then the AWS system uh, starts at like 16 or 20 bucks, somewhere in that range per terabyte per year. It just goes up significantly from there as you increase space. Um, but the actual price that we're going to be doing is kind of in the same ballpark as as Dropbox, because that's what a lot of people are going to be comparing it to. Again, I don't know the exact price. Um, as, on the Web3 side, you've got storage is the big one that we get compared to a lot. But their technology is completely different. Um, and they're also pretty centralized. They They don't take your file and encrypt it on your device like we do. They have you send the file unencrypted to their system where they encrypt it on your behalf and store it. So they still have access to your file pre that encryption step, um, which is not something that we wanted to do. So their prices are are lower. I think they're only like four bucks a terabyte, somewhere in that range. But like I said, they it's like comparing apples and oranges. Like, yeah, they're both fruit, but yeah, they don't exactly. the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, people out there, I, that little last, you know, couple sentences that you said there, that's just resonated with me because we've already seen that you can't trust centralized figures with very important data. I mean, you know, all the data basically just, that's the, I get so um, wrapped up with data because really that to me is the, the biggest commodity, the just the best resource in the world right now is data. It's more valuable than anything, in my opinion. Uh, you, we see it first and foremost. I mean, you use all these different centralized figures. They they sell your data. That's how they make a killing. Like all these all these different centralized figures. I mean, that's that's what they do. You you know you you search one thing on your computer, then for the rest of your life, you're doxed on. Okay, I search for that, and then. You know, some people like it. I don't, you know, I use everything encrypted. I use Brave Browser. You know, I, I just use everything from that's crypto related because I don't want bothered. I want to be able to search something. It's my data. It's my privacy. I don't want everyone knowing what I'm looking at and then using my data and selling it to this person over here. And then, you know, uh, that's that's the, that's the big thing. And then also, if you can just roughly, I, I know you did your thing, but if you can kind of explain the difference between what Dropbox is doing and what you're doing and um, like why, if someone was running a business, especially with um, secure data, say it was clients or, you know, like if I was a tax accountant and I wanted to store the data 
on the computer as opposed to having, you know, a file drive or like an old school storage bin at my house. Like, why would I want to use, um, you know, your solution over, you know, you're saying AWS, obviously. I mean, I know why, but I just so people out there that maybe aren't familiarized with that. Yeah, sure. So probably the easiest way to explain the Dropbox is, is using a bit of an analogy. Uh, when you store a file on Dropbox versus storing it on us, um, storing it on Dropbox is, is kind of to the effect of you write out a letter, a very private letter that's very personal to you on a piece of paper. Uh, you do nothing else to this piece of paper other than it has writing on it. And then you go to a business and say, can you please hold on to this and pretty please don't read it. Um, and then you hope that they don't read it. Whereas we are more to the effect of you write that paper, you put it in a security envelope so nobody can see what's in that envelope. You get a notary to stamp the envelope so you can tell if it's ever been tampered with and then have someone put it in a safety deposit box at the bank for you and then tell the teller, yeah, please don't read this. And the teller's just going to look at you like, what do you mean don't read it? I can't read it. So that's probably the easiest analogy for Dropbox. No, that's the best way of saying that because this, what, what I learned, I mean, this has kind of been my style with teaching and educating people on crypto in general is I just use a ton of metaphors. I can't tell you how many different metaphors that I use over the, the three-day conference. And that, that's just something that I would use because I'm sure, I mean, like I said, I, products and things that I believe in, even if I'm not getting some sort of incentive, like paid wise, I just believe in stuff like this. So. Like I've always preached about data and security, and that's one of the things that when I initially got into crypto, my, the, my go-to was Secret Network because of the end-to-end encryption. Just It kind of just resonated with my personality. I'm a private person. This event was the first time that I actually ever doxed my face in public as Cosmos Haas because I just felt like I needed to do more which I don't really care anymore if people know my face. I'm still not going to like publish it everywhere. If, if people take pictures or whatever, that's fine. But I just believe in Secret Network and what they're doing. And then, you know, on a more technical side, I kind of know I'm a little bit more familiarized. I think it's called descriptive encryption. Is that what you guys like on Secret use? Is that kind of the, the tech name for it, the terminology? Uh, Do you I don't believe so. I haven't actually heard that term in particular before. And what we do, I definitely wouldn't call it descriptive. So. What what type of uh, just so I can look up myself, what type of um, terminology would that be? With what kind of uh, encryption that you guys are using? Effectively, we're using end to end encryption, um, just in a little bit different of a sense, because end to end usually implies like an SSL where you send something to a server, and from your computer to the server, it's encrypted, which. I mean, we do that too. We do use SSLs, but we're more like a round trip where it goes to the server, it stays encrypted on the server, and then it comes back to you where it's decrypted. So the only time that it is ever unencrypted is on your device. And then do you know this answer? Because I know you, what you guys have going on is if you have data that you're storing on Jackal that like, I don't know what the parameters are, let's say six months that's inactive, you put it to the side, so to speak. and then. How long does it take to retrieve that old data that's been archived? I don't know if you told me that before, but what's the archive process? Like, how long does this this data need to be inactive where you're like, all right, this is inactive. They don't really use it. And it goes over to this bin. But then if they want to bring it out, how long does that take? Right. So that's that's a, an excellent question. It's a little bit complicated of an answer. So um, 
the the goal the ideal goal is that it's going to be roughly six months of storage. Um, that's going to depend on a lot of factors, one of which being how large the network is to support that. Um, but what's going to happen in, in reality is uh, your data will be loaded to a hot storage node and then a secondary hot storage node. And then sometimes, depending on on the structure of the, the nodes at that time, it may be replicated across other nodes from that core node. So it, it it could spread if you access it from multiple locations. If you're always using your computer and you're always connected to the same node, it's only going to be on two nodes. But if you bounce around all over the place, it'll be on a bunch of nodes. Um, so, so there's that level of redundancy. And like I said, we shoot for about six months. But ultimately, what it depends on is the um, the nodes have each individual node has a finite amount of space and it is going to be up to the node to manage that finite amount of space to the best of its ability. So if it needs to start rotating out files at maybe every two months because it's getting a tremendous amount of traffic, then what's going to happen is that two months is specific to that node. So if it has rotated out already, it will grab from another hot node if it's available, which it probably would be um, because other nodes won't have as much traffic. And then if for some reason it's not anywhere in the hot service, in the, in the hot layer, um, then it will reach out to one of what we call the full nodes or the heavy nodes um, that actually interface directly with the um, that directly interface with the Filecoin network, and it will request that file from the Filecoin network. So if if it is still in the hot layer anywhere, you'll get it pretty quick. Like I mean, we're talking you know like fractions of a second. Um, but if it's coming from the Filecoin, it needs to be pulled back out of that cold storage layer because you know maybe it's been eight months. Um, then you're looking at probably a couple of minutes, like up to a couple of minutes. That is very much dependent on the Filecoin network at that given time. That's something outside of our control. We would just request the file whenever they have it unpacked and available, they give it back to us and then we deliver it to the user. So for Filecoin, like what kind of storage do they use for, for archives? So Filecoin is technically a type of uh, uh, marketplace for storage. Um, there's a whole bunch of storage providers that are renting out their storage space to, you know, uh, they are trying to be the lowest bidder to attract uh, clients, but they want to attract the clients that have the highest to pay. So it's it's an interesting dynamic where data gets spread all over the place just bit depending on how much someone is willing to pay for their data to be stored and how much someone is how little someone is willing to accept to store data um so it's it's a it's a pretty complex system but fortunately from our standpoint it's a very simple hand them the file ask for it back we don't really care how their internals work so let's just say i'm trying to play devil's advocate how do i know that um file storage is as secure as your as your storage is because the primary security of our system has absolutely nothing to do with who's holding it because your keys are your keys you can't access your data without your keys and the filecoin uh, cold storage layer is a similar structure to how the jackal system works because we both run on an IP, uh, ipfs standard um, so we can communicate with each other. Um, but the actual file storage is like, they have some pretty good security policies in place too, where they put out 
you know, a file goes into this provider, the per, the provider, you know, puts down a deposit, basically promising that their storage will be available for X period of time that was agreed on, that kind of stuff. And then let's say for the sake of argument that, uh, you know, this is a, this file storage is in a data center that burns to the ground for some reason. We're going to be dedicating multiple file copies to multiple file coin providers so that if something happens to, you know, a data center burning down, then we have other data centers that hopefully we don't have 20 data centers burned down at the same time. Nice. I like that. Cause it's like a hedge against the hedge, so to speak. So that's, that's awesome. And then yeah, just, exactly. to, just to reset the room, any, anyone out there, like if you have any questions, just raise your hand and I'll get you on the show. Um, Cause this is good stuff. Like I, I know, I don't know. I, I never like data solutions are never like a sexy thing. I so to speak as an investor, but they just they're, they're so useful. I mean, data is everything. I mean, everything we're doing right now is using data. I mean, data is literally the most valuable asset on the planet, in my opinion. And it's just it's I, and I don't see it ever changing. Like I think just I don't know the statistics, but we produce more data per day than. <laughs> you know ever ever and it just keeps growing especially that everyone's starting to get you know everyone has a smartphone there's just so much data out there now that this is huge and and every company and and things they just need to store their data safely like right now there's just no other than this there's really no secure you know there's not there's nothing secure out there people these huge companies and corporations they get hacked all the time and then you get these emails that says hey if you create an account on this website you need to check in and do all this because it's just not safe so th- th- this is going to be huge like i know f- not financial advice but i'm going to be investing and uh, i love secret network it's slow and steady it's been around it's been through all these different bear markets and i think it's just going to be one of those where people are going to be like why what, what was going on like what, why didn't i look into this because there's just so much utility and everyone i spoke to at the conference when i brought up secret and like what it can do and how it has private metadata and it's essentially it's like monero cosmos uh, and ethereum like all bunched together it's just like this one badass like in crypto and people are like wow i never thought of it like that and i'm like yeah this is badass and no one talks about it but people inside ibc they know about it you know does it need to improve yeah but that's the thing we're all going to get improved i mean literally we're still early i try to tell people that you know i think a lot of people in the space don't think we're early because they see people oh well they got ethereum at like 75 cents or a dollar and they're loaded now well yeah that's early for them but I think our technologies and IBC, and I preached this the whole entire conference that we have a solution in a universal language that all these different blockchains are going to use this technology to communicate. And I think Secret is leveraging their positions and what they have going on perfectly and can can offer a solution to all these different cryptos and also just real life utility. And we're, we're talking about it right now. Like this is going to be huge. Like I don't, I just don't see how, all these corporations and just even if you just have like a small law firm or an accountant like you this is the way you want to store information so it's this is good stuff and i have two people that raised their hands if you want to get on uh let's see who's first amir go ahead amir um, i want to ask um, i just came in late i'm sorry about that um, is this about the jackal jackal uh, project on um on secret networker 
Yes, right now it's about Jaffa, correct. Okay, okay, great. great. I'm, I'm really excited about this project as well. This this is um, one of the most projects I'm, I'm waiting for uh, on Secret Network, actually. Lately. So, thank, thank you very much, for Nick Winter, for presenting this. Oh, okay, thank you. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, DeFi is a lot. I think that's what it is, if you have something. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to um, echo, uh, you know, I'm like you, uh, host that, um, you know, I uh, always uh, don't trust any anything and, uh, you know, use everything that I have at my disposal. So uh, in terms of, um, like, I'm really glad that this solution is coming through because uh, I currently encrypt um, all of the important files that I have by hand, right? What by well, by hand, I mean like, you know, on the command line or there's like the key pass stuff where you can individually, um, you know, encrypt your files, right? And then put it up on the cloud or where wherever it goes. But uh, having a solution that I can, that's automated, that uh, also uses your Kepler wallet is, uh, is a godsend. So I, I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, I had a... Um, I guess I had a question around um, secret networks. Um, you know, like I, I, I know that uh, most of the Cosmos ecosystem chains, right? Like, or at least uh, the leading ones, their philosophy is around uh, not having any venture capitalist, um, uh, you know, uh, injection in terms of like making sure it's all about the people and uh, people are investing in it and not not having any outside influence from VCs. Um, but recently, I think I thought I heard that Secret Network had uh, like um, you know gotten some uh, fundraising from sounded like VCs. Do you guys have any more info around that? Like as uh, the new kind of capital that's coming into Secret. Is that uh, is there any kind of VCs backing those, or uh, do you guys have? It might not be related to this, but wonder if anyone has any insights around that. So, unfortunately, I do not. If you guys do about the sort of funding, I'm not sure. I know there was funding for uh, the one exchange that Secret got put on, but Nick. Sorry, I know you said your name is not Nick, but I'm just using your your avatar. So, Nick, if you have anything to add to that, no, it's yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm not aware of any like venture capital uh, money pouring into Secret, um, especially not related to to Jackal. Uh, so, um, uh, sorry, man, I, I I don't know anything about that. That's all right. Thanks. Um, that that's good to good good to hear because we need to uh, keep these chains. Um, you know, as much as possible away from the TradFi guys, basically. That's kind of my, uh, you know, that was the downfall of uh, Luna. And, uh, you know, we, we got to be vigilant around that stuff. Yeah, I agree with that stance. I mean, I'm not saying all VC money's bad. I mean, like Osmosis, Parad I think it's Paradigm. You know, they invested pretty heavily into um osmosis but they don't really have a say i mean it's a decentralized dex i mean they can't say hey we need to do this like literally no one can sunny can't even just i mean sunny could have preferences but we still have to vote on it and um you know that's why i just love ibc because each chain can have their own set of parameters and goals and with that instantaneous network effect to just connect to all these different chains and uh but yeah a secret is to me 
does it need to improve? Yeah, man. Like it needs to get faster and all that. But I, I have confidence in it. And I think the the slow and steady approach is the better approach. Even if everyone else out there doesn't realize realize what's going on, like what's IBC? What what is this? And then they learn about it. I can't tell you how many people I educated this over this uh, event, and were like, "Wow, this is what it's supposed to be like." You know. And then we onboarded people uh, that that were there. They had they had no. I couldn't tell you how many people had no clue what Kepler Wallet was. We got all all kind of people to use Kepler. And our, the internet at the event was horrible, right? And the, the transactions were still super fast, way faster than they're used to on EVM. And they're like, wow. I'm like, yeah, imagine when the internet's not terrible. It just happens instantly. I'm like, look, you're sending this token from this chain over to that chain. Like this happens quick and there's no prefixes. It's really a good, I just call, I always just say customer experience. I'm like, the customer experience is what it's supposed to be. We We educated the community. Although everyone there was aware of what happened with Luna and UST, but I said, look, there was these many transactions on osmosis. Like there was almost $300 million worth of transactions. I was like, it was unfortunate that that was the situation. And one day why there was that many transactions, but I was like, everything stood, you know, it stood pat, everything worked, it didn't break. And um, that's why I just got more bullish, you know, just even, unfortunately, you know, I lost a lot with Luna and I'm sure a lot of us did, but it the technology didn't break it worked as attended so it's yeah i think we're on the right train and i do think that ust and luna you know their their leader was a little bit reckless and cavalier and and um just t- trying to get too big too fast you know it's like the well, slow and steady approach is the best in my opinion and i think a lot of these different l1s on um you know i'll say the cosmos ecosystem although people just were so confused about that part of it but yeah we're we're all building something cool something unique something useful jackal is a prime example of it they're they're offering like real world utility that everyone needs it like honestly like you need it going into you know this is a data-driven world now so you need to store that data somewhere and you need that data to be secure and encrypted and it's your keys, it's your data. No one else can get it. No matter who it is, they can't get it. And I'm not sure, I mean, you guys may, like Nick and um, Aaron is like, two. what is it, 256-bit encryption? It would take the computers all working simultaneously to just, I don't even know how many years it would take for them to even potentially even get any sort of way. Like, you're, even just your your phrase, your seed phrase, it's nearly impossible uh, with every computer running simultaneously trying to get that data. It's, like, impossible. So that, that's another thing that people don't realize. Yeah, I don't remember the exact period of time, but I know it's, if it's good enough for the NSA, it's probably good enough for us um but the uh the the interesting part about it too that a lot of people don't realize is that every single file that you upload has its own encryption key so if i am a hacker and i get in and i figure out your your favorite poem for one of the files i've got the key to that that's great but i only have the key to that like now i have to start over for every other file so you know that's just growing machine upon machine year upon year that it's going to take me to crack each individual file actually i didn't even i didn't even realize that that's even that's even <laughs> more bullish than er- so every time like like say i use your service and you're saying every single time that i upload anything it's a different key different encryption key 
not just every time you upload, because if you upload several files at the same time, each file is going to get its own individual key. That's so badass. Like how, what's the files? Like it could be any size file. Like it could be any, like, I could do like, a, I could literally have a movie. You're saying like, basically I can have a movie or a video and and it would just go through. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going encrypted. It doesn't matter what it is. Wow. That's cool, man. Like, so people could use that for anything. Like you could be, you could, how you could be working on a movie or something and say, Hey, I want to send this to you, but you're, you don't want, you know, someone to get it. And, it, and you do, that's so cool. Yeah. We're, we're discussing implementations with a, a DNA company that is curious about our, our stuff. And we're trying to see if we can meet their needs and they can meet our needs, but it'll be, uh, it'll be an adventure. Sounds like, go ahead, DeFi. Yeah, I had a, a technical question um, about the like the storage part itself. Like, um, you know, um, can you speak to a little bit around like how you make it resilient and decentralized in terms of like, you know, a, uh, if the one place my movie goes up to uh, comes down, is it going to be an issue to retrieve it later? Or um, is it uh, kind of... Uh, you know, using something like a cache network where things are uh, spread across a whole bunch of uh, different uh, different servers. Um, that, that's one question. And I just wanted to quickly add that um, I actually am a product manager for a genomic software company. So if you guys have any questions around the DNA storage and stuff like that, I, I happen to specialize around that. So um, I'm happy to help help out. Oh, that's pretty exciting to hear. Um, you definitely don't run across those very often. So, uh, so nice. Uh, good to meet you. Um, as far as how the files are actually handled, um, so like I was saying earlier, then it, it will spread by default to two hot nodes. Um, and one of those being the node that you connect to and the second node being the full or, or master, whatever you want to call it, node that connects to the, the file coin. So you're always going to have immediately two hot storage locations and the filecoin system which is going to be uh i don't remember the number that we finalized because we've talked about it a couple of times it's either 10 or 20 copies stored in the filecoin um and that will provide a tremendous amount of redundancy so in order for you to lose your file like like lose lose where we can't get it back either you delete all the the security information so that there's no way to read it anymore or uh like most of the filecoin network melts down which i don't think is particularly likely but let's say for the sake of argument that the entire filecoin network ceases to exist tomorrow the hot storage later is going to continue to run independently of it it's just not going to have that cold storage backup until we identify a solution so how many nodes, because I'm not going to lie, I don't really know too much about file store, like Filecoin. How many nodes does it have? Do you know? Filecoin, as of their report, end of, I think it was either 2020 or 2021. I don't remember precisely. Um, but they had experienced tremendous growth and were up to over 3,500 individual nodes. Um, but that was also reporting a capacity of like, two petabytes or something like that 
And I know currently they have closer to like 14 petabytes. So there's probably a lot more nodes than that 3,500 they have. Even 3,500, that's a lot. So, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a lot. So that's awesome. I didn't, you know, I, like I haven't done a deep dive on it. Everyone always told me, hey, look into Filecoin. It's, oh, it's awesome. But yeah, that's that's bullish. So, I mean, you're pretty good there then. You know, you're pretty safe and secure. Like you said, there's probably way more than that by now. I don't know what the qualifications are. Do you happen to know that side of it? Like, hey, this is how, like, if you were trying to run a node for them or get involved, do you know anything? Uh, my, my understanding is that a lot of the, there used to be a lot of smaller nodes um, just providing services. But at this point, just because of the price of Filecoin, then it's only economical at scale. So I don't know a lot of the details, but just based on my my reading of public information, then it seems that uh, a number of smaller data centers and even some larger data centers are running uh, their their uh, excess capacity um, instead of just having it dead. Yeah. So for anyone out there listening, the, the bottom line is data is king. It's more valuable than anything. So, and th this is an amazing solution and just opportunity, in my opinion, for, you know, especially whenever the token goes out, I don't know if you have any estimated time frame on it. I know we don't ever do like, Hey, this is coming out this day. Cause that's just, that's not what you do in crypto. It's just the death wish doing that. But do you have like some sort of estimate uh, queue when you want to, when the Jackal token is going to be out? Yeah, so Emery touched on it a little bit, but basically there's a number of moving parts that all have to come together at the same time because we can't launch the chain. So we can't do an airdrop without launching the chain. And we can't launch the chain without having the nodes. And we can't use the nodes without having the product to use the nodes. So um, we're, we actually had a meeting earlier today to kind of talk about where we are. And we think we're... Um, fairly close. We just have some some issues to iron out. Um, so I can't say like with any degree of finality. Um, but I personally am hoping for by the end of this quarter. But oh wow, that's, that's just my personal hope. Yeah, I understand. I mean, that's your aspiration and goal. I, I we I get it in crypto. Anything changes. I mean, I, I I'm. For, you know, the first and the foremost with like osmosis, you know, we, we, we have to make changes as we go. I mean, no one thought that UST and Luna would do what it did. And then we had to make emergency forks and kind of just you have to go with the punches. You know, you have to roll with them, so to speak. But so as for like running a node, like what kind of infrastructure are you looking for? Are you just asking people, like, hey, would you like to run a node or how's that going to start from the get go? So currently we have just an open uh, group on our discord where people can join say hey i want to be a node runner and we're like okay here's the role the place for people to kind of like chat and talk shop about what they have in mind right now there's not a lot to go off of because we're still trying to finalize how the actual system's going to work hardware requirements are pretty straightforward um realistically running a full node is going to be outside of a lot of people's budget um because uh just of the requirements being so so basically in order to operate a full node because it is part of the file coin system it has to load the file coin chain which is massive it's 10 terabytes um so just in order to turn the machine on you need 10 terabytes of storage 
plus you need all the storage associated with it actually operating. Um, and that's going to be outside. I mean, I think we budgeted it out. It's something like probably like four or five grand to do a home version uh, full node. And you're most likely going to be a little bit more uh, cost effective if you're part of a larger team to run a, a, a proper server at a data center. Um, but but light nodes are going to be most people's bread and butter because those have significantly smaller uh, requirements, and uh, the the light nodes are probably the primary way that people will make money because the funds go to the light nodes, and the light nodes are over rewarded based on what they're doing. But the reason for that is because then they have to pay the full node to do things on their behalf, like connect to the Filecoin network or store redundant versions or things like that. So, so a, a Filecoin network node under a full net under a full node is, is going to be much more expensive to run, much more expensive to set up, but we'll have that residual income of the light nodes paying the heavy nodes to do things for them. So it's a, it's a difference of, uh, difference of your preferences really it they're, they're both going to be effective and they're both going to be desperately needed but if you're just going to run a single node run a light node because a full node won't really make any money unless it has light nodes connected to it yeah i get what you mean so you but someone has to run the full node so like bare metal you're saying it would probably be about five thousand ish to do that yeah somewhere in that ballpark probably just based on what we were looking at I mean, even that, that's not, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit on the higher side of running a full node, but I mean, that's not too bad for what, you, what you're offering and what you guys got going on. So, I mean, because we, at Cosmos Spaces, we run, we run nodes and validators. I think we're on like six different chains. We, we do bare metal for, for osmosis uh, because it's the same way. It's pretty intensive because all the transactions and you need to have good, you have to have good stuff. So, like... I don't, so like on your if you want to like you guys can pin stuff so if you wanted to pin your discord by all means so like when you go on your discord i'm assuming it has like the requirements like hey you need to have like this much minimum of ram and storage and all that yeah, is that yeah, on your that's, that's pinned in the the channel messages yeah okay cool so anyone out there if you want to look into it because i know a lot of people you know we do like investment sector Sec, uh, sections on this sh show and you know that's passive income it, it could be made in different ways so you know running nodes and things like that and to be honest with people out there like i said not financial advice but data is always king it always will be king so you know if you want to try to get into something early that could be an option especially the light node i don't know you, you didn't really say what the requirement range would be for like a light node i don't think yeah, light node is um, if I'm remembering right, because I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but it's like eight gigs of RAM, uh, fairly modern processor, um, and then you want about sixteen, sixteen or thirty-two gigs of RAM. I don't remember precisely, and uh, as much SSD storage as you can cram into it. Nice. But the important yeah, part for light nodes is going to be the SSD storage as opposed to hard drives. Yeah, well, well I mean, maybe here at the Cosmos Spaces, we'll look into it, man. I'm all, I'm all about helping out things that I believe in. Like, I believe in this, you know. I think I've had you guys on a couple times, and 
I just, I love it, man. Like I, I love Secret Network. I love what it's trying to do. I value, I value everyone's privacy. You know, and like this is just huge. I, I hate that. I hate seeing these corporations in 2022 get hacked, and then all this data goes out. People get their credit card information stolen. Essentially, their whole life is stolen from them because you know everything you sign up for now. They want to know everything about your life which is fine, but you need to make that secure. I don't want some random dude knowing, who this is Cosmos Haas, this is his social security number, this is where he lives, this is how old he is. Like, that's not cool. Like, that's not anyone's business, you know? And, like, that's why I love Secret Network. It's just amazing to me. I love privacy, and I think this is going to be at the forefront of the future. Like, Web3 is, all, in my personal opinion, it's all about privacy, you know? Like, that's the, that's just the name of the game. It's all about privacy, whether you're a business or you're just one person. It's just all about privacy. No one no one deserves this, to know all your data and, and capture off of that for free. They should be paying you at least. Like, hey, Cosmos Haas looks at this on uh, Google and he does this. Well, you need to be giving me some sort of royalties, you know, or I get some kickbacks because you're still in my data. But they don't do that. You know, they just leech off of us, steal our data and, and make, you know, billions and billions of dollars off of all of our backs for free. So. That's my little rant about that. But um, does anyone have any other questions? Because I know it's Sunday. I don't, don't want to hold you guys up. But I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you guys at uh, Central Con. I'm going to be there for that and then Consensus. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be coming back tomorrow from Florida. You know, it's only a few weeks from now now. So we'll be in Texas real soon. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, looking forward to it too. I mean, it'll be a, a blast. We're not doing Consensus. We're just doing uh, Decentricon. Okay. Decentraland or whatever it's called. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know who's all going to be there. I'm guessing it's going to be more like IVC uh, individuals at the central. Is that? Do you know who's all like kind of invited to that? I haven't even looked at like the list for that. I know Secret Network and Shade and I think it was Osmosis was going to be there. Because I, I was just going to try to give you guys some advice. So like the one thing that I learned about this event was marketing is really key so we honestly and i'm not just saying this and being biased i don't know how many different groups were there but the osmosis booth we did have a good location i'm not gonna lie because it was like right by the doors like where you would walk in and exit so that helped but like our marketing was on point and we honestly monday the tuesday and wednesday were the the biggest days where i don't know they said there was like eight thousand people there were a lot of people and i was surprised because you know, like the market was like crap and everyone that was there had so much energy and it just made me like convinced that, yeah, crypto's here forever. Like, yeah, some of them might not make it or whatever, but like crypto's here, it's not going anywhere. And um, like our booth in particular was always busy. We had so many people, even other booths were saying that about us. Like, hey man, like, you know, you're, you got, what are you guys doing over there? Like everyone's there. Everyone was so energetic. They wanted to learn. A lot of it had to do with, I'm not going to lie to you, we had the coolest t-shirts there out of every everyone that was giving out t-shirts. Like I can say it confidently, I think we had the best t-shirts. And people loved it, man. It, it was really cool. It wasn't overwhelming. It was like a shirt that you would wear all the time. I don't know if you guys seen it on my Twitter or not, but you know, um, it was just cool. So like if you guys were doing some sort of merch or 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 what else I would maybe do is have QR codes, like either on a card or, or something where people can just find out instantly what, what uh, Jack was about, you know, hey, scan this QR code and then maybe your website comes up or like whatever data or your discord, just like have it easy for people because there's going to be a lot of people there 
that I'll have no clue what Jackal is. And then it's just a good way to just kind of segue right into like your, your, your pitch, so to speak. So it, that's what it's I would funny. Do. You mentioned the, the QR codes because I actually did exactly that for another project and totally didn't even think of it for this project. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can rest assured that I'm actually, my, my wife's really good at designing and in her real life job, she does like, marketing and all the stuff for this small company she works with she has all kind of ideas but yeah that, that's what i want to do for, even on a personal note because people are like hey like do you have a card and I, I i said no so i'm like pulling out my phone and just showing people my twitter like hey this is my twitter and they're taking pictures on their phone i just need to make it so like i have a qr code even if it's on my shirt like on the sleeve the qr code like hey yeah this is me just scan this real quick and then like all like a like even if it's just like a link tree like all your data is just right there for them you know like it'll be clutch so that's what i would suggest you guys to do you're, for sure you're using link tree you're not using an rns no i am going to use rns but i need to get um i need to get that all together i don't want to dox too much of myself i guess but yeah i'll do that and if you want to Aaron, uh because there's a lot of people that probably don't know what your rns is about i totally forgot to mention that so like your RNS is connected to Juno network. And um, if you wanted to just tell people like what RNS is and what you guys want to do with it. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, RNS uh, fondly refers to retriever name service. Um, Marston had it in very firmly that he wanted it to be RNS name service. And we said that was silly. Uh, so we just went with RNS. Um, but basically what we are is uh well what it is is a um a juno nft for lack of a better word uh where when you register it it pre-populates all of your wallets so that you have a single reference point instead of trying to dig up your wallet uh address for you know you know tarot's uh, an obvious one that everyone's on got on their mind but you know let's say you want to give someone your secret wallet address you want to give someone else your Adam wallet address and, and you don't want to have to remember all these things you just say go to carnthus.rns and then it will have all of the um all of the wallet addresses for me listed there and that's all you need to know you can just grab the one that you need um additionally when you're registering the rns then you have the ability to add like an avatar photo or a twitter account or a website or an email whatever it is but all of those are optional the only required fields are the actual uh, addresses themselves. And the reason that we do this is because we discovered in the course of working on the underpinnings for Jackal Storage is that all of the wallet addresses are actually linked to each other and interchangeable. There's a, a function in the code where you just give it one address and tell it which one you want and it will give you the other one back. So we just decided why make this so difficult to find, made it super easy, and now you type in someone's rns address and there's all of their wallets and so like yeah it decreases your privacy a little bit but it's really one of those questions of trading off between privacy and convenience and that's always going to be an argument as old as time nice and then to even just take that a bit further from just my quick experience at this I don't know what the cost is because I know when I got my RNS, it was pretty cheap. I don't know. Maybe it's even cheaper because I think at the time of Juno's price was even higher. You guys might mm -hmm. want to do that. Um, maybe have that kind of be like your marketing tool and you just like onboard people and just give it to them for free. Some of these people, because like I can't tell, especially day three, pretty much day three was just all just like I was saying, just real, real companies 
that know what crypto is and it, they want to be early to it. They know they understand it. Like I think this is going to be a big thing. We understand it's still reg, it's still early. There's not regulatory compliance for different things, but we think it's a coming. So we want to get our feet wet. And I spoke to numerous people, especially on day three, and they want they want to get in. So this would be I think would be perfect. Like okay, you have a law firm, right? And it's just like boom. Here's our website. Here's a you know a cool picture, whatever their like main you know, pictures for their company and then they can have their wallet. They can just do it all. And you could just show them like this and then they could just have that, you know, that could be like their digital identity as opposed to like an old school, like, Hey, here's my card. It could be just like, boom, there's, there's our RNS right here. And then they can go from there. I think that's actually really good. That would be a good thing that you guys probably can, can do. And I'm going to be there, man. If I can help you guys do anything, I'm down. Like I just, I love helping out everyone. So, you know, I'll help yeah. out when I'm there for sure. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. Um, another thing about RNS that I just remembered um, that people might find interesting. So uh, Jackal Storage is going to have the ability to share files with other people, um, but it's going to be based on wallets. So you would have to know somebody's wallet address in order to share it with them. We're going to tie in the RNS system. So all you have to do is know their RNS. And because the RNS already stores the wallet address, we just know who to send it to. So you'll be able to do you know friendly names. And so instead of you know, you, you having to send me, you know, your wallet address, I can just do cosmohost.rns or, you know, even just leave off the RNS because everybody's going to have an RNS extension and just do cosmohost and send it right to you. Which is a real thing, by the way. I believe someone, whenever you guys first came out, they like took that name because so people out there listening that maybe not understand what we're talking about. It's almost like registering like a domain for a website. So back in the day, like in the nineties, people were just buying up everyone's website. Like I think someone bought like michaeljordan.com and like all these different websites in the hopes of like, okay, this is going to be huge. And then that person's going to want to, they're going to have to buy it at a higher rate. And I think someone did it as a joke, but they end up just letting me have it. But that's, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't been on there, but I'm pretty sure mine's just Cosmos Haas. Like that's exactly how it's spelled. And, and I have one and it's linked up and, yeah, it's really it's really good stuff because from my understanding, that type of technology, I could technically have a website and then on that website, I could just like say it's like our Cosmos Spaces team. There's there's six of us. We could just have like a website for everyone. But then inside that website, we could just share data specifically for those six wallets. Is that correct? Yeah. Or you can create an organization overall and just share to the organization. Um, there's a few different ways that you can handle the permissions, which is really cool because like, like I said, I just think I'm just thinking outside the box for just people that have companies, you know, like that's the main thing yeah. in, in this space is where we, we need to get mass ad adoption. So we need to essentially build tools and not to compete with them, with these centralized places, essentially, like, even if it's just like banks or whomever, just make their life easier, more uh, efficient uh everything just more time efficiency like that's just in, in theory like they say time is money and that's exactly right i mean money is in my my eyes it's just a symbolization of time i mean in, in order to make x amount of dollars you have to give x amount of time so these people want to make money at the end of the day so if you can help them save out hours of their lives or whatever each year they're gonna know that they can do something else with that time and make more money with their time. So like, this is to me a really useful tool for, for everyone as well. So.
Yeah, man, I'm I'm like the biggest bull on you guys, to be honest with you. Like I have everything I hear and see and just experience and just my real life job and just all my experiences like this is just huge in my opinion. But no one, you know, no one really knows except for like people in here and, you know, people that are hardcore into secret. They understand. I think a lot of the people um, that I've met through secret are just brilliant minds. Like they're just smart people. They understand privacy and how valuable it is. And, you know. I just, it is what it is, man. It's just going to be big in my opinion. So, but yeah, I, I, if anyone has any last thoughts for you guys, I don't want you guys to have to stay here. Cause I know I have uh, a guy that I worked with at the, the event. We were just going to kind of just talk about it and how, you know, everything went with osmosis and all that. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Jackal, man. I can't wait to see Jackal on like osmosis and just, uh, my airdrop. I'm not selling any of my airdrop. I'm just staking it. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm curious of what the APRs would be for staking it. If you guys think you have an idea, you guys share it. Or if you have any last alpha to let us go with, I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. I can speak on that for a little bit. Um, uh, things are things might change uh, when the chain goes up and validators are online, but uh, so far it looks like staking AP APR is going to be around uh, probably around thirty percent. Um, but as as supply supply goes down over time, uh, which will things will probably change. But as of right now, it's probably going to be around 30 percent nice i like that and for people out there essentially the way i view getting in these technologies early is you're getting more pieces of that company at an early valuation so if you believe in something it always pays to be early i mean literally if you look at any of these cryptos that it, that are where they're at today i mean just imagine any of them like just just pick one out of the hat if you're in early, it could just change your life. It could change your 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 children's life, your grandchildren's life, like everyone's life. Yeah, I mean, are you always going to pick winners? No, probably not. I mean, I, that'd be cool if you could. I mean, but I'm pretty sure everyone in here had some position in Luna and UST. So I mean, we're we're you know we're victims of that. But you know, I always preach a diverse portfolio, and I love IBC to the to the core, and I think. You know, yeah, Luna was unfortunate, but if you were diverse and you have different assets, just even within just IBC, you know, I think one of these um, amazing technologies and communities is going to get your back over the long run. It might take a couple of years, but I think, uh, you know, I firmly believe it. At least I'm, I, I preach it. I'm going out on my sword. I'm not backing down. You know, it happened. I was in mourning for a week ish for when Luna went like that. But man, this uh, conference just got me rejuvenated for more. I love it. And then it was, it was very aspiring and made me more bullish about everything is the amount of brilliant people that I spoke to in the three days. And I'm like, yeah, this is here, man. This isn't going anywhere. And there's just too many smart people under this roof right now for crypto not to work. Just too many. There's just, I mean, so many brilliant people I spoke to. I'm pretty sure I spoke to, to be honest with you, I'm not a doxist person, but pretty sure i spoke to a billionaire that was his mind was so brilliant and um he's a little bit older he's been in, he's been involved with every technology i'm like look man you need to get involved with anything related cosmos he had his own thing going on at a, um, with some augmented reality stuff that was just like mind-blowing what he had it was amazing he was showing me things that were going to come out in the future that are going to come out and like this guy was get he's getting chilled by like Apple and all kind of things, and he was just like you know don't say who I am because I'm not really allowed to fully talk about these type of things. 
but he's like, I don't, you know, I want to do this. He's like, I want to be a part of this. And he actually was learning about how IBC works. And, um, the guys is brilliant. He, he codes and everything. He knows how to do like every code. He was just showing me all kinds of stuff. So I'm like, yeah, this guy here is just one of many of these brilliant human beings that are in this room right now. Like, this is going to work like this stuff, like people that lost a lot and are like on, on edge, like, Oh man, you know, I understand, man. I was one of you guys. Like I lost a lot, but it's just, it's going to work. There's just no way in my mind it doesn't work. There's no other solutions to just everything, whether it's just financial, like there's just too many tools that just offer um, everything to just change the world. And I think that's what we're all here for. So but I appreciate your time. Ataki, do you have anything to add to um, uh, Jackal before I let them go? Um, good evening I'm from Nigeria. So um, I just want to, I mean, following up uh, later, my network took me off. So getting back, I just need to ask some questions. I have a lot of integrations and a lot of plans in the future. Um, I'm a developer on my own too. I'm trying to develop some blockchain projects like that. And I've been looking forward to making integration into probably um, Atom um, ecosystem. That's the Cosmos ecosystem as a whole. So um, I've been hearing too many um, what's about drops and the rest of that for stakers on Osmosis and Scrit and Dijakal, Dahoo. So I just want to ask, is there any um, upcoming drops for Osmosis stakers relating to Jakal DAO? That's just my question. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I haven't, since I've been down here this essentially this week i haven't really been fully tuned in maybe uh, uh some other people may but yeah i mean i know that there's like a, a, a there's going to be more if you're asking for airdrops there's going to be more airdrops i mean it's just a guarantee to be honest with you i can't tell you exactly which ones but there is i'm not sure if you're a part of there's a telegram that's specifically for cosmos related airdrops they're really good like that's all they do i mean there's just too much information to know for me to be a part of like every future airdrop like jackal's doing an airdrop i don't know if you stake um at, if you stake secret or adam or i, I want to say Osmond. Yeah, what, sure. hey nick what was your uh your qualifications for your airdrop uh, so it was it was back in april but if you stake any uh, secret or ten juno or 10 Adam, you would qualify for the minimum airdrop and it's scaled from there. Yeah, Taki, uh, I, I muted your mic because it was echoing a little bit, but if you want to, you know, add, add, add anything to that, I mean, even for Jackal, there's going to be airdrops. There's so many new layer ones that are going to come out and also just like layer twos, which are things that are built on top of layer ones. And for the most part, Everyone that enters into our ecosystem does some sort of airdrop. So, I mean, there's going to be plenty. I think that, you know, there's going to be hundreds of chains that connect over to IBC, whether they're already at pre-existent chains and maybe they, they, those particular established chains won't do airdrops. But all the newer ones and all these newer applications, I mean, they're going to they're going to be doing airdrops. I'm, I'm personally... Um, you know, going to be staking quite a few Evmos, which is an EVM chain, and uh, which is built with Solidity. So there's going to be a lot of things built on top of Evmos, and I could pretty much guarantee that there's going to be all kind of airdrops for staking Evmos and stuff like that too. So that might be one of you know, not financial advice, but that may be something that you would look into 
because um, a lot of there's a lot of limitations with EVM as we see like the scaling solutions. And if you're a small team or if you're already a pre-existent team that's in EVM, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't want to make that trans transition over to Evmos. It's just essentially just copy and paste your 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 smart contracts and everything on on Evmos now. You're on this new chain that's quicker and also cheaper, way, way, way cheaper. And also, and soon you're going to have that instant um, network effect with the entire IBC. So I think Evmos is a is a good bet. I mean, I'm going to be betting on it. So that, I think that's a, a solid bet. Their team is really good, and you know they're they're slow and steady too. I mean, people want it to be where you know somewhere in the future already now, but they're, they're slow and steady. So that might be something I want to look into too. But um, if anyone else has anything to, you know, I'll let you guys go. I know how Sundays are. I appreciate you guys stopping by. It was an honor to have you guys. Uh, I haven't spoke to you guys in a while. So like, it was like a like nice little refresher course. You guys stopping by. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. It's definitely been, uh, been a blast. Yeah, man, my pleasure. I, I love everything secret related. My doors are always open for anything that's, in my opinion, it's going to change the world and make it a better, better, safe and more secure and private place because, you know, it's our data. It's it means a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people don't realize that yet, but I mean, it's it's our information. I feel like people are just letting these centralized places just just take their information and run with it, which isn't cool. So I appreciate it, man. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in uh, Texas for sure. I'm looking forward to that. So look forward to be there. Oh yeah, man. Take care. I mean, if you guys want to stop, st- stay by, you can. I just, uh, we're just going to kind of talk about like the permissionless event and stuff like that. I mean, I already kind of did, but appreciate it. So what up water? How you doing, buddy? Hey man. Um, just doing good. Can you, uh, you guys can hear me go. All right. Yeah. So if you, you just want to talk about your, cause this, so I don't know if you want to dox your first name or not, but you you've been to multiple events as a worker, like an actual worker. If you want to tell people like what your role was before this, and this is like your first actual crypto event where you got to partake and be a part of it from your experience, I think it would be kind of valuable for people to understand that. Yeah. Um, so my name is uh, my name's Tanner, and uh, I came from kind of the production side of events where I would show up, you know, before the event and kind of set everything up with you know lighting and you know the big led screens and all of that stuff um so this this was one of the first ones where i got to go and kind of be a sponsor at it be one of the attendees you know and kind of experience the you know the the other side of it and you know whatever everything that there is to offer and it was just amazing that it was you know the first one was a crypto one and you know permissionless being it and being there for osmosis you know hearing how many builders were there that were just excited to start building things and then, you know, kind of explaining to them what IBC is and them realizing what they can do. You know, a lot of people were trying to do things, you know, on, on Ethereum chains. And I had to explain to them how, you know, you would be hard forking doing a layer two thing, you know, you'd be building already on a layer two something, you know, something like that. They didn't realize that, you know, within IBC, they could, you know, they could be given the opportunity to just build on another layer one already. And there's plenty of dApps that would, you know, that are, accom- are accommodating to lots of different, um, you know, revenues and people, you know, different categories of people, things that people want to build. And as well as 
being able to build your own layer one and be interconnected. Like once I was able to get people to realize, you know, the power of interoperability and, you, you know, the idea that we already have something that Ethereum 2.0 might be going for, right? You know, with with sharding in a beacon chain, that was a huge thing that I was talking about where we kind of have already done that. We just call it zones in a hub. And we went a step further and we made it so that you can also be a layer one. You know, Tendermint and all that stuff was just blowing people's minds. And it was just an amazing, amazing time to spread the IBC gospel and hear what hear people's thoughts on it. Yeah, really. It really was like a gospel, man. Like people were so amazed. Like I, I seen so many, like people that love tech and how big their eyes were getting when we were talking about, you know, what, what interoperability is and how we believe, we firmly believe that we nailed it. And does it need to improve? Yeah, but it's going to. And I think what a lot of these chains uh, aspire to do with their chain is already what we already established. Yes, we're, we're early. And I really mean that we really are early and we're taking the slow and steady approach. I mean, a lot of these different uh, blockchains, they had a lot of big funding, a lot of big money behind it. And, you know, when you go on YouTube and you type in crypto, you're going to find those because they spend millions and millions of dollars. They're essentially the way I look at what their, their ways of going about their business is more of like how web two and traditional businesses go about business. They blow a lot of money on marketing and cool like commercials and stuff that doesn't actually make your product better. Just get your eyes out there in the masses. In my opinion, all the different chains on IBC are taking the new approach, which is just build the best best thing. And you know, if you build it, they'll come, so to speak. And it's a slow and methodical approach because crypto is here to stay. It's here to stay. And uh, there's no urgency to rush things that aren't ready yet. You know, like that's why when I have different developers and teams come on the show, I don't say, hey, what, when do you think you're going to be ready? Like I just try to do a rough estimate. Like I just like hearing, hey, by quarter two of 23 or what, just to get an idea. No one's going to say like by next week or two weeks because it's just like a death sentence in crypto because so many things can change. But yeah, it was just amazing talking to all these different people, whether they're developers or teams or companies. And, um, uh, you know, I talked, we all did. We spoke to so many different people. And I could tell you, you know, with with pretty much, um, you know, that there's going to be things that are going to be built on osmosis. We're, we're going to be more than just like an AMA DEX. Like it's going to, to my, my opinion, it's going to be like a super app that offers so many different cool things. And with Interchain coming with, with uh, you know, the entire Cosmos ecosystem, you're going to eventually, in my opinion, even if you're on like Ethereum, I, I firmly believe that Ethereum once if they get up and running with, you know, their proof of stake, which I mean, I talked to a lot of people there. They, they weren't so certain that that was going to happen. Like it's because really it's just a new thing. It's like they're not just making a uh, copy and paste over. It's it's just a new chain. It's a new crypto, really, if you think about it. It's not like, you know, ETH 2.0 is not just it's not easy to do what they're trying to do. But if they do know it and they do become, you know, a, a you know, another blockchain that's amazing they are going to connect over to ibc it just doesn't make sense not to because you can have you know a certain application that that's built over on their their chain but maybe they want to buy something from a different chain well ibc in my opinion is the way that they're going to do that because there's no friction as we all know everyone here that 
uses IBC and buys things on like Stargaze and then they send that over to Osmosis and then they go over to like Crescent or Juno Swap or like all these things are just they're seamless. Like you you we all take it for granted. But these people that are in these other chains, they're so restricted. Like I kept telling people like it's like you're on this remote island and you know, if you're ETH, let's just say you spoke ETH and then if you're on Sol- Solana, you speak Sol or the way I was using metaphors, if someone came up to me, I'd say it'd be, you know, you, you spoke Russian and I spoke English and we we knew nothing about the other uh, other language. We're not going to be able to communicate. There's going to be a lot of friction there and misunderstanding. And that's kind of the way crypto is right now with 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 things outside of IBC. So, you know, I just, we're early. That's all I can say is I think we're all, we all chose the right train. We need to keep remaining to be diversified and, um, you know, stick to your gut. If you, if you have a good feel about something or you want to get out of, out of position, just do it. Don't wait. You know, I, I have that sick, th- sick feeling in my stomach about multiple things about Luna and UST that I had a feeling about, but I just didn't go with my gut because everyone's so amped up about it. And, you know, it was an amazing idea, but it didn't work. So if you, you know, you have an, you have an idea or a thought, just go with it. Because then at the end of the day, you can't be like, well, you know, I second guess myself. I second guess myself. So that's just kind of like going off a bit there, but yeah, man, Sander, how, how was it though? Like I, I thought it was like a breath of fresh air and it was amazing the whole whole event it was a lot of work i never stood so much in my life like my knees are my right knee is still sore from standing so much but i loved it man yeah you know it was an amazing time and I was like i don't know if you guys can hear but my voice is just shot and i just was talking you know i wasn't wasn't yelling or anything it was just talking so much to so many people constantly about you know what's been what's coming on and exactly with what you're talking about with ethereum like you know bridging ethereum assets over and you know eventually hopefully having some sort of ibc you know world enabled with ethereum i mean that's just seeing everything come together would be kind of like the you know the end all goal which would be just absolutely beautiful to see and um it's just seeing how everyone was everyone was still like in a really good mood i was like i think we we kind of talked about that a little bit like with all things considered with how the market is you know terra thing everything included everyone was just in a really happy good mood to be there which was refreshing felt felt nice um and it, there, there just was there was you know the after parties were all great we had some great talks with uh you know chango and chain talked with some people from akash um about you know the future and then just you know what what the plans are for you know what Akasha has plans for and you know what they do with all of their decentralization and you know the cert, the cloud serving that they offer. Chengo talked a little bit about you know the super fluid staking that we got afterwards. Everyone just kind of got together and had a good time. Um, I know that you went to some really awesome party. Like at, at the at the end, there were some awesome DJs that you were talking about telling us and you know everyone just having a great time. Like you know. It, it was awesome to see that dollar value and market sentiment was not the reason for people being there. It was the technology that they can make and the things that they can change and the way that the world can possibly see that like, you know, this is a game, this is a totally game changing thing that we're stepping into, you know, still every, everyone in this space from, from building with Ethereum to building with Cosmos to building new chains, like, 
everyone that's trying something right now that's just, like just period is is what we need and it's just really really awesome to see yeah for sure i mean Another thing that I learned there was that, yeah, the passion was there. It was almost people were coming by and giving us like our condolences, like we lost a loved one because maybe they didn't have that much exposure to Luna and UST, but they felt our pain, you know, and and it was actually, I think in a way that almost brought more people over to us is that they're like, man, these dudes are, you know, guys and women, there's women there too helping us. They're, they're here still. They're just like, not, they didn't miss a beat. And, um, and I just said, yeah, because I think we have the best technologies. Like, I think we're not trying to compete with other L1s. We're just trying to add value and, and essentially build the new internet, like the new way that all these different blockchains are going to be able to communicate with one another. And I, and I just kept preaching that and they, they all believed it. And so many people were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to look into this. And a lot of times, too, because I wasn't like the biggest Juno bull, but like it made me more positive, even about Juno, for for example, because so many people that were there that are builders were like, yeah, Rust is so much better than Solidity. And um, we're, we're really looking forward to Juno. And, you know, I think even some of these people that are going to come over from Solidity, they're just going to build their own thing because it's a permissionless smart contracts platform. So like Juno is probably going to have a lot of different things that I, we don't even know about right now in, in the near future. It, just because, um, yeah, Rust is better. I, I spoke to this guy I was telling you about without docs. And this guy was honestly out of all the people that I spoke to there about tech, this guy was the most brilliant person I ever spoke to. He, he was like, you could tell because even the way he was speaking, he's not like the best communicator because his mind is going so fast that even when he was speaking to me, he was probably like, you know, 50 or 100 words ahead of what he wanted to say. But when he did come present his information and show me his technology, it was like, yeah, this guy's brilliant. And, um, you know, he was talking good about Rust. He knows how to code on everything. He was saying how good Rust is. And that just makes me more bullish because Cosmwasm is going to be, you know, it's, it's already version one is on Osmosis and, you know, Juno and just like everything. It's, it's just, we're so early. I think a lot of these brilliant minds are going to come over. They're going to add value one way or another with, a, you know, within the next couple of years. So that just makes me, you know, real confident with, with what all the, the things I found. And, you know, people out there would ask me questions like, how, how'd you find it? And I said, honestly, I just went down the rabbit hole. I got so enamored with technology. And I think that what we're doing is just like, it's, it's just going to change the world. And uh, you, you're not going to know you're even using our technology, really. That's how good this technology is going to be. And we're seeing it now, even with Axler, like bridging over from these other chains, like it's really smooth and it's going to even get better too. And just, it's amazing what we got going on. So this, this made me bullish and anyone out there, if you ever have a chance to go to any event, I know they can be a little bit expensive depending, you know, we all have different financial wherewithals. But yeah, it's something that you should try to do at one point or another, especially if it's not far from you. Like, and these crypto events are everywhere. But you, you may meet someone that can change your life. Like I, I met so many people and made so many contacts over over that three day span, well, three four day span, so to speak. That um, yeah, I want to go to mall, man. Like because you never know who you're going to meet. You know, all these places are at different locations. Maybe someone, some brilliant mind that I didn't get to meet this week because he couldn't go or she couldn't go. And maybe they're going to be in Texas and that, you know, that person might change my life or vice versa. So I really, I, I advise people to like, look at it as, um, 
a, a valuable toll because it, it was such an valuable toll. I'm so glad that I made the decision to come here and actually dox myself because I was like the thing about this whole thing. I was like, man, I don't really want people to, to know my face. Not that I have anything to hide. It's just like I said, I'm like a really private person and stuff like that. But yeah, this event has been, it, it, it inspired me, man. Like it, it motivated me. It was almost like a coach, you know, if you played sports and you guys are like, you're, you know, your team's not doing good. You got this really cool coach that, that just gives you like this badass conversation, good, good pep speech. That's kind of what this event did for me. I don't even care that I lost with Luna and USD. It's like, it's done and over with, you know, it's, it, and like, like Tanner was just saying, the people that were there wanted to be there. They weren't there because the market's all time highs and they're just there to like make a quick buck. It was these people want to be here in one way or another. And they, they all were on the same page, whether they were from, you know, Avalanche or Ethereum or Solana, whatever chain, you know, Moonbeam, just like whatever someone had going on, we were just like all on the same page. And it was awesome, man. It was such a good thing. But yeah, I, I highly suggest, I think uh, Tanner got rugged. He's just requested to speak back. But yeah, man, that's, I'm glad I got to meet you too, Tanner. It was awesome meeting you. It was like we were like long f friends for life, you know, like I've known you my whole life and vice versa, probably. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, you just clicked off. Everyone was awesome. And then, yeah, everyone at the Osmosis booth was great. I know there's, a, we got a couple people that were at the booth with us from in here. Um, every, yeah, everyone there was just great. And consensus is definitely going to be a, a really, really good time. Uh, you know, getting excited to have some really awesome shirts there too. Uh, you know, a little, a little bit of an Osmosis after party for a, to celebrate our one year anniversary, which is going to be great. <clears throat> Um, yeah, and then uh, even adding to that, like the central, uh, I know Shade Protocol has a lot of cool things going on right now with what they got going on, and I guess they're going to be releasing a lot of alpha there, maybe even live. So I'm looking forward to that too, because I, 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 Carter's brilliant. I showed his book to so many people because there there were a lot of like really smart people that had uh, real life things going on, but they wanted to get crypto exposure and kind of learn it. And if anyone out there, it's called building confidence in blockchain. It is so worth the admission. I don't even know how much it was. It was cheap, less than 20 bucks. I think the book is, it's brilliant. It gives you a lot of metaphors and the way that I like to, to educate people. And, you know, it's just all about metaphors, like, cause everyone knows things from real life and you kind of just explain it to them. You know, like I, I use the universal language the most. I said, there's no friction. I, you know, and I firmly believe the things I were saying, I don't know, maybe I was uh, uh, going a little bit far-fetched, but imagine if all humans spoke the same language since since humanity was a thing. You know, like, we crypto might have happened 100 years ago. Who knows? There's all that friction, and, and uh, with, with crypto, there's still that. And we're just providing the tools to make it easier for everyone, whether you're a developer, you're, you're some person that's barely uses the computer. I think we're going to build all the tools to just make everyone's life easier and better. And I'm just looking forward to it, man. It's just like... Because I think what we're doing, I you know, I know we're going to change the world. And it's just cool to say, like, we were at the forefront of that. We were all the crazy lunatics that were willing to just, you know, I don't I don't advise going all in on crypto. But, you know, I, I, I mean, investment wise, I'm kind of there. I just it's whatever to me. It's like I'm I'm having fun. I'm, a, I'm meeting so many cool people. You know, I do have some some uh, assets outside of crypto, but um, yeah, I just think we're we're on the forefront and just changing the world. It's just cool. Like I met people from other countries that you know they don't have anything because their country just keeps printing their dollar or whatever their their currency is into oblivion. So their their only option is crypto, and it's almost like that even here. I mean, 
you know, the dollar's worth 97% less than it was back in like 1914. And it just keeps getting worse for the, for that. So just as a currency type of thing, it's like, what else are you going to do? Not everyone could just afford to buy a house for whatever it is, 300, 400, $500,000. So there's like no good assets really to own where you can kind of beat inflation and kind of stay relevant. So I think crypto, in my opinion, not financial advice, but that's kind of like the, a lot of people's, you know, savior, hopefully, for, for financial freedom because the game's kind of rigged for a lot of people. And a lot of people even there, I'm sure there's some wealthy people that were there, but a lot of people were, you know, probably just middle class that worked their ass off and got to where they're at and they understand, like, look, we've got to do something about this. And that's what I think we're all trying to do is make it more fair for everyone, whether you're in America or third world country or we should all just pick each other up and i think we all need to not have any tribalism when it comes to people building even if it's a i guess a direct competitor inside this space we're all on the same we're all you know a small minuscule amount of human beings that have exposure to crypto so there's so many people that don't know what crypto is they don't even have exposure so we need to get those people on board by just being all united yeah, so this story, I actually forgot to tell you guys this while I was there. It was on the on the last day I was there, I talked to this guy that came up to the booth. Um, he was from El Salvador. He said that, you know, growing up, his family, you know, they've been unbanked, right? In El Salvador, they just basically had like cash that they would walk around with. They They got paid in cash. They held the cash. Everything that they did was just with cash. They didn't they didn't use a bank. There wasn't really a bank that was available to them. You know, if he said multiple times, they either you know cash would get destroyed in you know in a storm or something. It would it would get stolen sometimes. You know, just all these horrible things would happen to them. But once Bitcoin became you know totally uh, totally legalized as a currency and legalized and recognized as a currency in El Salvador, he said that he he started to take his family's money and deposit it into Bitcoin ATMs, buy Bitcoin, get an account, um, and then started to move that Bitcoin around using you know decentralized exchanges, other means, things like that. And so he all of a sudden was able to take this money that would you know at the you know before would literally be at the whim of like natural disasters, and he's now able to safely put it somewhere store it and actually continue to own that you know and using utilizing decentralized exchanges and you know non-custodial wallets he is able to own that currency you know now he can have he has a qr code with paypal wallets and things like that so people can just pay him directly with currency and not have to you know in that way not have to you know meddle with paper paper currencies anymore and like you know nothing against fiat currencies right you know we we definitely need that but in the sense of people that might not be able to, you know, people that aren't fortunate enough to have access to certain things like that, cryptocurrency is changing their life, you know, in in ways that some people really wouldn't even have thought of before. So just hearing something like that from this guy was like this really, really humbling, like, you know, story to hear where, you know, even you know, just crypto as a whole, the, the entire thing about it, like, is really affecting people very positively in ways that the media doesn't talk about that doesn't show you and you know kind of ways that you don't hear about so i just thought that was something i wanted to share that was really really awesome to hear from him yeah man thanks for sharing i mean i had a couple of similar stories like that too i think the one person was from uh, columbia 
and I was talking to him. I said, oh, you need to go to the Cosmosverse because it's in Medellin. So hopefully he gets to go to it. But yeah, he shared essentially like the same, a similar story. Now, I want to say that I spoke with someone from like Zimbabwe too, or like it was like an African country, but same thing. It's like they, they have nowhere to store their cash or, or their resources. They're worried about someone breaking down their door and taking everything from them. And you know, the government and they just like print out, they just keep printing more of it. And it just makes it impossible to ever like, you know, just get ahead really. So, you know, crypto is just that, that's the answer for all that stuff. You know, this is one of many reasons why crypto is going to be here. Like we have to have it. Like it's just, you, you know, I think it's this, it's a noble act in a way too. Does it scare people? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people for hundreds and hundreds of years have, have just abused the system and have made fortunes off of being intermediaries. So yeah, they're not going to go out with a fight, but I think that we also can offer tools for even banks and everything too. So I think it's a win-win all the way around. Yeah. It, it, for the voice, I'm surprised I have a voice too. It's been kind of rough. I've, I've, uh, yeah, my voice was gone too. I, had, I don't think I've spoke to or talked as much as I did in this three days ever. It was like my voice was gone. So, <laughs> yeah, just continuously, continuously talking. It was, it was definitely a good time, and I'm definitely ready for ready for some more in a couple of weeks. Definitely yeah. excited. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, like I said, anyone, if you're, if you have the chance to go to any of these events, whether we're going to be there or not, I highly suggest it because. We're all in this space and, and you're going to meet people that want to be there and they might have this cool idea or, or you may have some sort of similar passion or real life job or utility that can offer, you know, some sort of value to that opposing individual. So it can change your life, really, to be honest with you. Like my goal is to be in this space forever. So if I can meet someone that can is on the same page and is like, hey, you can do this or you can do that, like it opens up so many opportunities that you may not even thought of. So there's a person here that I spoke to that was giving me all kind of great ideas. So I was, was just appreciative of that. You know, it's just, it can change your life. That's all. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. And um, yeah. So if anyone has any questions or wants to talk, not, you know, before we wrap it up, appreciate it. Appreciate everyone stopping by on their Sundays too, man. It's awesome. I love it. So uh, Tanner, you, what do you got going on now? Uh, right now, just getting some stuff ready to uh, get some get our shirts for Austin. So that would be a good time. Um, um, other than that, just hanging out in Telegram tomorrow. Uh, I'll be there, and uh, and uh, today I'm probably just going to enjoy my Sunday for a little bit and hopefully catch up and get my get my voice back here. Yeah, man, I got so burnt. <laughs> I went to the beach, so I walked from here to the beach. It was a it's quite a long walk. And I just didn't think of putting like sunblock on, on the walk over. And I, I got, I got burnt. <laughs> I got burnt, put it that way. My neck is real red right now. And my, my, even my forearms are kind of red. Cause you know, if you work in crypto, you're, you're not out, uh, you're not outside enough. So you, I didn't get enough sun before it came down here. I'm a little bit toasty. Well, what, what's up? Thanks. Got your hand up. Hey, yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Unclick. Yep. Okay, great. Hey, uh, just a couple random questions. I'm, I'm a, a lunatic or, or was not sure what's left of that. And, and, uh, now I'm coming over to the more of the cosmos ecosystem and, uh, just, you know, I played around Ethereum 
back in the day before it got way too expensive and Binance Smart Chain and all that. But um, I noticed a lot of hacks with MetaMask. And I was wondering, like I haven't seen any far as the Kepler wallet, but just wondering if you had any any information or experience uh, or seen anything as, as far as hacks with the Kepler wallet. And then my second question was, Somebody mentioned that it, it would be $2.5 million to add their um, add their blockchain to the Kepler wallet. And I just wanted to see if that was accurate. Thanks. I don't think it's 2.5 because I helped out with Chihuahua. And uh, which for people out there listening, that's just their, it's a, it's a main blockchain. It was the first of its kind. And I love, I still love it. Like it's, it's just the main, but there's utility coming with it. But anyways, we matched they're really busy like josh and the kepler team there's i think there's only like four of them so like what they have produced with just a, such a small amount of team is just astonished it, it's just amazing the, the type of work that this guys you know do um i don't know about saying 2.5 million i think what you mean by that is like it being fully integrated into kepler and you can stake and do everything directly through the interface i'm not sure it's that expensive but really even if it is i think it's kind of worth it because it's it's so much work to do that they, and also they have to run nodes and everything for that data and uh to, to be you know transmitted so to speak so i don't know the cost of doing all that i'm not gonna lie to you about that but i'm sure it's not cheap for it to be like fully integrated and it's kind of getting in line because there's a lot of people that want to have it fully integrated now as for like hacks on metamask i would just if i had to give you an educated guess it's because there's thousands of different applications are built you know in in uh, EVM and probably some of them were scams. So they try to get you to connect over, or maybe they weren't even just scams. There's just scammers out there that, you know, even with Kepler, you have to be careful on what you click on. You have to ensure that it is, it's a legitimate token or a legitimate contract that you're clicking on. And that goes for any sort of link in general. You don't want to just randomly click on like a, you know, a link in your email. It's just the safe way, or that's just the bad way of potentially getting malware on your computer. So for security purpose, for people out there listening, I have my, it's called malware bytes. I have that running all day long. And I think it like tests my computer every 20 minutes. I have it hidden. So it doesn't like, because what will happen by default is it'll come up on your computer and give you like the, the breakdown, you know, the, uh, I can't, I'm brain dead right now, but basically the breakdown of what the report was, I just have it hidden. So it just doesn't, doesn't tell me the only time it will is if it finds anything that's kind of suspicious and what it'll do is it'll quarantine that quarantine that file so you don't have to worry about some sort of malware and then there's another website that i use if i'm like curious about a link or someone sending me a link they want me to click on i'll just copy and paste it and i'll throw it into uh, i think it's called virus if i was at home i would know for sure i think it's called virustotal.com and what it'll do is it'll check for everything to make sure there's no basically crap on it so if I had to say about MetaMask, that's probably why. I mean, hell, if even if you type it MetaMask in uh, Twitter, instantly there's going to be about 10 comments that are all scams. Like, hey, if you have MetaMask questions or support, you know, message us here. And they're just trying to lurk, you know, pry for information. So, you know, anyone out there, even Kepler, you don't want to, if you're going to say something in Twitter, just, just the Confer to like KEP or MetaMask. I'll just put Meta. Everyone knows what that is in, inside crypto. That'll help save maybe someone from clicking some random link, even on Twitter. 
but yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what I think about uh, the MetaMask and Kepler situation. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, it, it sure did. I, it's funny as I've been noticing too on Twitter, if you uh, mention Terra, then you get the same, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tweets trying to get you to, oh, if you need support, click on this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so my my, my other question was uh, the Evmos and the Ledger um, thing as far as the airdrop. Was that ever figured out? Or are we still waiting for work on that i haven't been in a loop this week but i think that's still not 100 percent there yet with the ledger trying to, to get your tokens over on it um i'm not 100 percent sure about that but so let me ask you this so when you were a lunatic were you just primarily inside of terra's ecosystem and if so what kind of protocols were you using yeah you know man i i did really well in ethereum and binance smart chain and uh, then I saw Terra pop up. I got in uh, right when they did the around the mirror airdrop to uh, I think it was Uniswap um, stakers or holders or use Uniswap. So I was pretty involved, uh, you know, during the May 2021 crash with um, with Anchor and the and the, the little DePeg problem. I used every app on there from Prism to Loop to Astro to low Terra, you know, even the, even the smaller ones, I lost quite a bit of my wealth, uh, as, as most people did. Uh, luckily I, you know, I had a friend and I was trying to really get him into it. I said, Hey man, this Terra thing is, is a unicorn. Uh, it's, it's changing the world. You know, it's giving normies the opportunity to, uh, to, to use a savings account that pays 19%, you know, it's just a win-win and, and he, you know, he said, he's not a crypto guy. He said, you know, I'm not really into it, but he did say what you should do is diversify a little bit. And I was like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. I've researched the hell out of this. I've watched every YouTube video on Do Kwan, you know, read the white paper, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I listened to him luckily. And so I had, I had, uh, some money, um, and I decided to diversify and put it into Adam and secret. And luckily I didn't get totally wiped out, but, um, I, you know, I, I lost an incredible amount of money for me for sure. Uh, with the, with the, uh, the DePeg event. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. We're all going through that, but the, the, the unique situation is that there was a lot of like brilliant people and developers that were building applications, already established applications on top of Terra's ecosystem. And a lot of them are going to transition. I mean, it, it makes total sense. And I'm pretty confident that there's going to be a couple really useful protocols that are just going to transition over to osmosis. I'm sure there's going to be a few other ones that are going to go over to Juno because it's basically the same language. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you definitely want to be diversified. And I'm completely, I've always said that on my show, don't, don't get me wrong, I had more eggs in that basket, the Terra basket, the Luna basket, and UST basket. Uh, but, you know, I I owned, you know, I preach it all the time, I own pretty much every token in IBC. And I think, you know, if you take that approach, it's like uh, one of them's going to, to take you to the promised land in my opinion so it's it's good to have them all and if something happens with one while well, you still have a fighting chance like i would have got completely wrecked if i would just put all my eggs in the luna basket you know I, who knows i might not even be on this call right now i'd have been just like screw this like i'm just taking a break from crypto 
But um, the, at the end of the day, I own like a lot of them because I think there's a lot of good utility use cases, teams, and inside of IBC that are building either whether it's a financial tool or privacy tool, whatever sort of tools. It's like having a bunch of tools in your toolbox. Like if you just had a hammer, well, there's stuff that you can't do if unless you had a screwdriver, or if you had just nails, you can't. You need sometimes you need screws you know it's just like the way i kind of look at that part of it uh, in my opinion like the whole entire ibc the, all the chains that are connected and i know you guys in here probably know by, by cosmos ecosystem but i'm just training myself to just start saying ibc more than cosmos because it kind of in my opinion it was confusing people they're like well what, what well i need the atom token then right it's like no you really don't you should because it's it's a great technology but you don't need adam to do anything really unless it's actually on that particular chain but yeah i think i look at it almost like a like a carpenter you need all the tools to do your job and yeah man luna was like that sexy pick you know it was like that uh that good one to pick but uh at the end of the day it just didn't work out but there's other ones there for us and to to get into like Terra going forward i mean to be honest with you i'm not trying to be negative i'm just not looking forward to it i don't really care i want everyone to do well I don't know what they're going to do. I know that their airdrop was kind of excluding a lot of people, probably even in this room right now, which is not the best way of going about it because a lot of Luna's success and rise was it partly due to, to IBC and having UST, you know, like there was, I don't know, maybe over $500 million of UST on osmosis alone. And then 300, plus million of Luna and that just like kind of just all went away because of the Luna crash. So that's a lot of people, including yourself, myself, probably a lot of people in here that got completely wrecked. So we supported that network. Like I've I've had people on this show, you know, that um I that I I, I consider to be brilliant people and they're the biggest lunatics out there. And it's like, well, you're just gonna reward the people that just kept it inside Terra. I just don't really agree with that. But that's kind of my uh, tidbit on that part of it. I just don't think it's a good look. If you're going to do it, you need to help out, you know, Osmosis and even Juno and all the protocols that had your UST on it. Why just have it on centralized exchanges? Because we're not the ones that decided to put the UST on the centralized exchanges and do over-the-counter moves. Like, hey, yeah, you can have a $1 billion UST for, for the Bitcoin and vice versa. Like, that got us all wrecked. That's a decision from one person, really. Like, I think Doe's obviously a brilliant individual, but he had a cavalier attitude, man. It's just not the way of going about it in business. You can't think you know everything, man, because no one knows everything. You know what I mean? Like, we all learn. And maybe he's more brilliant when it comes to coding and building than than maybe myself, obviously. But then maybe he's not as good with, with financial because that's what I do for a living. I think it's slow and steady, man. Like, that always is the best approach, you know, like. You can use it on any sort of realm, like even if it's like a nefarious actor that's doing something like you don't want to, you know, if you're doing some stuff on the side, that's fine. But then all of a sudden you live somewhere and you don't have a job and you you have like a Bentley out in front of your house. Like you don't you think you're going to get caught? Yeah, because you're you're stunting, you're, you're showing off. And I think that's what he was kind of doing. He was antagonizing billionaires and just wealthy people and, you know, just thinking he knows everything and uh he, he and i'm not going to solely blame it on him but he got us wrecked man he really in my opinion he got a lot of us wrecked because he wasn't taking a slow and steady approach he was getting greedy and thinking he knows everything so 
that's my part of it. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree. I, I think, uh, you know, him ragging on the die folks or the maker folks, uh, they did move slow and steady. They they had their issues as well where, where uh, die lost peg and stuff. And they, they learned, hey, we got to have, you know, some backing uh, for our algorithmic stable coin. And yeah, you know, I, I think he could have handled it it definitely differently throughout um there's a lot of people that that were kind of coming out saying hey this is this isn't going to work you know this is not uh this is not foolproof there is going to be there's going to be issues you know with the depeg and that type of thing and i think his thing was just let me just grow this as fast as possible it'd be ubiquitous within the uh, you know, the, the blockchain space, all blockchains. And then let me get on top of that normies in via Alice and, and Cato and, and tick and, and, uh, outlet, you know, so it, it was, it was too fast. It really was too fast. Um, but you know, I, I commend the, I commend the guy for trying, you know, we got, you got as close as you could to, uh, actually, uh, you know, having a protocol that was a money printer, you know, it, it, that's, that's pretty, pretty damn cool. If you think about it, the United States really has the only mini money printer in the world, um, that's able to do it like that. And, and he got damn close with it within a, a blockchain space. But, um, you know, my, my, I was guilty of just being in the echo chamber, you know, surrounding myself with lunatics, everyone talking about, you know, it's going to a thousand, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, that was, that was my biggest mistake because then you start tuning out, uh, constructive criticism about the protocol and there was red flags. There's people coming out saying, Hey, this isn't sustainable. And I just kind of ignored them because I really took the cue from Doe because Doe would come out and, you know, bash those guys on Twitter, you know, and, uh, that, so I guess I learned at, at that too is, uh, you know, none of these people should be put on a pedestal. You know, they're all human beings just like us. And they're, they're trying to figure out, um, as they go as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I learned from that whole thing too, is there's a couple people that like, they'll, um, put some stuff, not negative towards me, but they, they may have a negative, uh, connotation about maybe a viewpoint that I have. And, and I don't, I don't uh, bash them for it. You know, I actually respect people like that. You need uh, to be balanced, you know, like there's a couple people in this space and I'm not going to dox the person, but he's more on the, on the negative side. I don't want to say negative, but just more of a, a viewpoint of like, this is the downfall of it. And I'm, I actually, after this has happened because he was bashing USD for a while and I just kind of was the same thing. I was just writing him off and now going, moving forward, I'm going to take more of his points of view with some seriousness to it, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look at, I'm going to try to find reasons not to invest in some things and, and really dig in. And if I can't find them after doing all that, then I'll think like, yeah, this is a good investment, but I'm not going to get into that space. Like you're talking about, because I did, I wasn't. So I'll tell you right now, the first time I ever bought Luna is when it came on to osmosis and there was a lot of negativity uh, move going into that. And if the person would have been more professional about their proposal, I think it was Prop 55, but they had a lot of negative stuff to say about UST and Luna, and they didn't want it to be on osmosis. And they were given legit reasons why, but they like were calling it, like I hate to say, they were calling UST like stripper, stripper dollars. 
And um, they were like, why wouldn't we just want USDC and these already well-established stable coins to be the pairings of osmosis, you know? And uh, we, we all kind of just were like writing this guy off as maybe some sort of like Ethereum maxi or some sort of, you know, that type of maxi as opposed to like, all right, this guy actually has, you know, he or she has a really good point of view and maybe we should, maybe we should try to have way more stable coins as opposed to, for the most part, just UST. I mean, we did have the E-Euro, but really it was only just E-Euro and UST. And, and a lot of people didn't realize what the E-Euro was. I mean, I wish we would have been looking into it more, you know, especially Americans. You're like, oh, the Euro, we don't want this. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was actually collateralized. So like E-Money, I, I, even before this crash happened, I've been buying up a lot of e-money. I spoke to someone that is a computer scientist and engineer that I really value their opinion. And uh, we had a conversation one time and there, and I asked them straight out was like, Hey, like, what's your, you know, your top tokens in the ecosystem. And, and, uh, he didn't even mention Luna or USD. And then he, uh, uh I said, what's your dark horse? And he said, NGM. And then he was telling me why it's like, it has full regulatory compliance. Like it's literally, it's, collateralized even if ngm went to zero you would still get your stable coin because it's like in it's actually collateralized in a bank and uh you know like i'm like oh yeah and i, I didn't even think about it but i started investing in it just because of you know not crazy just getting my my uh, exposure to it and i'm you know i'm glad i did i'm i'm not it's not financial advice i mean i'm not saying it's foolproof but the price point and the market cap is really low it's not over overvaluated in my opinion so i'm like all right i'll get a position and I'm going to start taking more people serious about like if they have a, a, I guess a rebuttal, so to speak, about any point of view that I I share. You know, even if someone came on here and was like, "Hey, like, this is why I think the conference isn't good," and maybe I don't agree with them, but I'm actually going to hear them out and not just dismiss everyone because Doe was a perfect example of just dismissing everyone and having this cavalier attitude. Like, if you go to the bathroom, it's not going to smell or something. Like, yeah, man, like. People aren't trying to bring you down. Maybe some are, but they might just have a real serious point of view that you may need to look into. Because like we're all human, we all make mistakes. And his attitude, yeah, it's it was very contagious. Like I, I was always told as an investor, I, I have a great uncle that's really did well for his life. He came from nothing. He's not a tech mogul or anything, but as an investor, he's always done well. And one of his things was, you know, don't invest in a company or an individual that you you couldn't see yourself like having a beer with or a drink and have an actual conversation about whatever. If you think that person, it's a no, then, you know, you shouldn't do it. And not saying like nice people or good people lose you money either, but at least you can kind of correlate with them. I never can correlate with that type of behavior that he, he had, man. I honestly, I don't even think I had his notifications on Twitter because every time you put something out, it was just so like abrasive and not positive in my opinion. And, uh, you know, some people out there, like this guy that I was speaking to is really brilliant. He brought up a good point of view. He said uh, uh, it was kind of just like a metaphor. He said uh, the, the, the thing about crypto and blockchains right now that people don't understand is not everyone uh, will do the right thing. We all have this mindset that there's like no incentive for someone to do something like I, I don't want to say nefarious, but in the best interest of that particular chain. He said, some people, you drop a $5 bill on the ground, they're going to pick it up. Some people will just step right over it. And, uh, and he said the problem with Luna and UST, and he, he actually wrote a paper about it. He, he's, it's, this is old, a while ago, is that he believes there are people out there, and maybe they're the ones that are doing these intermediary transactions that are making wealth off of, of, of all of us, you know, 
they'll they'll do things and not in the best interest. And I think by borrowing the the I didn't look at all the mechanics of how this all happened, but the whole borrowing of of uh, Bitcoin and then shorten it and all that stuff. People will just do it for sport, man. So like you, if you're antagonizing some of these billionaires, they'll just be like, all right, let's just make an example out of this and show how we can bring this to, to its knees. And he, he, you know, people thought, well, the price of Luna goes down, then someone's going to buy it. And you would think logically because of, of the experience of how the, you know, it's been so such an, a good investment. Well, this time people just didn't buy it. You know, they were just like, Nope, not going to buy it. Okay. Luna went down to 40, not going to buy it. You know, okay. What went down to $10 people with money are like, not going to buy it. They just, this, the, you know, maybe it was all, maybe it was all uh, put together by multiple people. Just, people just didn't buy it. And uh, at the end of the day, that's like any investment. You need someone to buy it, you know, whether it's a legit company or not, if people don't buy it, then it's not worth anything. So they just like, Nope, we're not going to buy it. And that's what happened. So something. To look yeah. At. Agreed. I, you know, there was a, there was an economist that, uh, Oh, his name was Murray Rudd. You can find him on Twitter, but he, even he was coming out and saying how he, he could see this, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. And, and it, you know, for me, it just, uh, goes to show me that even, even the smartest big brains in the world, you know, all the money that was in lunatary ecosystem, the venture capitalists, the jump, uh, Mike Novogratz and Galaxy Digital, um, uh, Delphi Digital, all, all those, you know, they all believed in it and they threw a shitload of money in it. And uh, and their big brains, they got a lot of analysts, a lot of smart people. And for them to not even uh, uh, see it, uh, see through, you know, the potential pitfalls is amazing. So <laughs> for me, it's like, okay, I, like I got to really, really make a decision for myself and not listen to these smart people, you know, cause they, they, they are just dumb as me, you know, especially when a uh, number goes up, you just get euphoric and like, it's never going to go down. And, and, uh, he, yeah, you just, you just, uh, you don't make a decision, make decisions on emotions, the logic. So that's kind of what I learned for sure. But I appreciate your spaces. Uh, I'll, I'll be listening more, uh, Haas and, yeah, uh, I'm, appreciate I'm, that. I'm looking forward to the, IBC ecosystem. Yeah, man. I think uh, as a lunatic, there's lessons to be learned and uh, and we'll all adapt and evolve. And I think a lot of these like legitimate protocols and I mean, there's just so many cool things that were built on Terra that they're just going to make the transition. At least they should. And I think that a lot of them, I'm really bullish uh, on osmosis because it's not just IBC. Like our goal at the end of the day is to have everything on osmosis. We want to be, we want to compete against centralized exchanges, except for the, the the big factor is that it's your crypto. Anytime you want to do anything with it, you can. And it was a it was a pr- proven point that we had. I don't know exactly the number, but it was nearly three hundred million dollars of transactions in one day when this Luna thing happened, and everything worked as planned. Like nothing broke. It was smooth. It was unfortunate that was like our stress test, but it, it shows that this technology works. And I know that there's going to be, I don't know if it's like going to be a Mars protocol or just one of these like really unique, useful protocols are going to come over because even prior to this like crash osmosis, we had a lot of things brewing and under the, um, under the hood, so to speak, we were building lending and pro, you know, just basically anything that you can do on any centralized exchange, we were going to have it come. Now it's, it's even better. Not that this is the reason why, but you know, we can have these protocols that already established that built the tools 
tools to it to just come over. And um, I think Osmosis is going to be like a super app for just like financial activity and crypto for centralized or for decentralized exchanges. Our goal is to have everything over there. I think that um, from listening and having conversations with different developers and teams in the space uh, that aren't even IBC enabled, they they showed a lot of enthusiasm and they want to reach out. And I got a lot of cards and. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that in this uh, eco, even just like on osmosis alone, that, uh, it, you know, it just brings more value and utility to this whole space. And I'm looking forward to that part of it and just everything. I mean, uh, just keep adapting. Yeah, man, like there's lessons to be learned. A lot, I learned a lot of lessons. It's, you know, you always you got to we're all going to fail at something and it's not how you do it. It's how you return and get back off your feet. And uh it's a part of it because we're so early. Like, don't let anyone tell you we're not early. It's just so early, man. It's just like there's over 8 billion people on the planet. I don't know how many people own crypto. And then out of those people that own crypto, like that are actually involved with moving crypto forward. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a decent amount, but not compared to, you know, comparatively to the overall, um, world so yeah and like i said i preach for for people just go to these conferences man it can change your life it, it definitely changed my life and it, it gave me more energy and i'm looking forward to it i can't wait to get back at it and uh start this whole week i'm just going to talk to developers and hopefully might even just do like a weekday show and just keep it going because this this uh event was good man it was just like there's a lot of uh intelligent people that want to build and, and bear markets are the time to build just everything. It's not the time to go away, man. It's just the time to keep going at it. And, uh, yeah, I wish everyone the best of luck with everything. And my, my DMS are always open. If you have any questions or you're someone out there that knows, uh, wants to get involved with crypto, I can help whatever I can. You know, it's on me. I, I just, you know, I appreciate everyone stopping by, spend their Sundays with me and just take care everyone. Appreciate it. Stop by. Thank you. Take care everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was a Cosmos space hosted by Cosmos Haas, chatting about Osmosis, IBC, Secret, Jackal Dow, the permissionless wrap-up from Florida, and more. Recorded on Sunday, May 22nd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to keep on listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded
Try to get into the shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my love Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse When you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble